Welcome to the Nest and Nurture podcast. I'm your host and psychotherapist, Leisha Cash. Now let's get this therapy session started. Welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited about today's topic because it impacts a lot of people. And I feel like there's negative and positive themes associated to this trait. And so today we are going to talk about perfectionism. What do you feel right now? (laughs) As a therapist, I always want to know what feelings you have when I say a specific word, perfectionism. This is a hot topic right now. And I think that's because it is negative and positive, and you can find both in many things. But for this one, it really depends on what internally is going on when you are demonstrating perfectionist tendencies and how our external world can also impact the ability to be perfectionist and to have everything perfect. And then we're going to take it a step further and say, there's a lot of negativity around presenting as perfect these days, especially on social media. So we're basically hearing of a lot of people calling others out or really just identifying that nobody's life is perfect. And why are we displaying this perfect highlight reel on Instagram and, you know, TikTok, whatever, to misrepresent, you know, how life could be. And this is complex. It goes deeper than simply saying, well, I'm a perfectionist and my life is perfect. It goes to judgment and internal feelings about being perfect. And it goes into the deep darks of why do we have to be perfect? Why do we want to display ourselves as perfect? For what reason? So it goes really deep, but people really keep it surface level, right? And sometimes it's easier to cope that way and to say, well, I'm a perfectionist, so it's fine. That's just my core belief and personality trait that I've had for a really long time, and I'm not even going to navigate it because that's just easier. And to come to session in therapy and maybe present as type A, And then as we can navigate further, say, oh yeah, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And as we navigate even further, sometimes it's a negative thing. Sometimes it impacts my relationships. Sometimes it impacts my ability to cope. Sometimes it makes me feel a little bit more intense than I'd like to feel. Sometimes it really doesn't feel good to want everything to be perfect and it can't be. So that's when we see perfectionism has the positive traits of, you know, maybe getting us further in life and having great jobs and careers and excelling in certain areas, while also being a double-edged sword and creating this internal dialogue that everything needs to be perfect. And when it isn't, life falls apart. Why is this important to talk about? Well, I mean, it impacts everybody. It impacts you if you are a perfectionist. And we often see in my work, one of the common themes is that when things cannot be perfect, 
When we cannot control all aspects of our life, we might fall apart if that is our primary coping strategy. So perfectionism is a coping strategy as well as a personality trait. And the thing about coping strategies are, and traits, that sometimes they really serve us. So they become almost like a survival skill. And it's really unfair for a therapist to be like, stop doing that if it's a survival skill because then we're really lost. So that is one of the things I like to navigate with my clients and I have them navigate with themselves. What purpose does perfectionism serve for you? Let's dive in. Perfectionism is often associated with a type A personality. It might be associated with OCD tendencies. It could be just ingrained in us as a personality trait overall. And it can be seen, like I said earlier, as positive or negative or both. So even if we see perfectionism as a coping strategy for, say, anxiety, it can impact a lot of different areas of our life and actually induce anxiety as well. And with with many things in life, we learn how to understand and cope with our anxiety or just life in general from our parents from our environment that we grow up in, through life lessons. And so much of our core beliefs are associated with our upbringing and the people that surround us. With that being said, perhaps our parent had perfectionist tendencies. We talk about intergenerational stuff. We watch, we learn, we listen. And perhaps we develop that trait from a young age trying to, you know, be more like our parents or to meet their expectations, which might have been generated by perfectionist tendencies. For instance, we worked really hard at school to please our parents. And that reinforced and generated and created and maintained these perfectionist tendencies. So we learn from our parents, but we also might try to get positive reinforcement or attention by instilling similar tendencies. Alternatively, perhaps our perfectionist tendencies came from growing up in a chaotic home. We might have been witnessing our parents not have stable life systems and being impacted by a lot of different troubles and therefore it feeling very unstable. And for some people, the fear of judgment or perception might have created this sense to conceal and hide that the living situation was chaotic by producing perfectionist tendencies. If I go to school and I get good grades and I look perfect and everything seems perfect, I will mask what's actually going on at home. I will be able to conceal the chaos that's at home. In addition to that, sometimes when we have a chaotic home, perfectionist tendencies can come out as a way of coping. So if I don't add to the chaos that my family's experiencing and the trauma or the upheaval, I'm not a problem. So I'm going to be perfect. We often see perfectionist tendencies coming out sometimes when we have a sibling who is 
creating conflict or amongst conflict, or if there's a health issue, or if there's drama, or if there's a tension needed to be placed on a different individual in the home that requires parental or caregiver attention, we have a sibling or family member related who decides, I'm not going to add to the burden. So I'm going to be perfect. And my parents won't have to deal with me because I'm perfect. I've got everything under control. Well, when does that fail us? Well, first of all, we're human. So we can't be perfect all the time. We can't control all of the things in order to be perfect. So it fails us when we no longer have the capacity to create perfection due to a lack of mental, emotional, or physical energy, such as being completely depleted or sleep-deprived, or when there's things, external life forces, that we can't control. In addition, we see sometimes that our perfectionist tendencies, say we're somebody who didn't want to burden our parents, so we were perfect and we had it all under control and we've got it covered, it becomes problematic when we actually need support. When we're sitting at home thinking, wow, nobody's offered any help for me. Like they haven't even checked in to see if I'm doing okay. I'm drowning here and nobody seems to care. And then, and then as a therapist, I say, well, why? Why do you feel that way? Well, they haven't offered. Well, what's the dynamic that usually is in place? Have you ever asked for help? Well, no, because I don't want to be a burden to anybody else. Oh, okay. So you asking for help is is burdensome. Well, yeah, because my parents, they deal with so much. They've always dealt with my little brother. He has health issues. I do not want to add to their burden. So I have always just kind of taken care of myself. And that is the dynamic that we are in place. Okay, so how do we change that dynamic? How do we make change here? How do we ask for help? And that's foreign. That's really foreign for somebody who's kind of been perfect this whole time and held all those balls in the air. It's like terrifying to then say, okay, let's present as not perfect for a moment and reach out. It's like, no, 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 no. That would create the perception that I'm not okay, but I'm okay. I'm okay because I'm perfect. Everything is perfect. Everything's fine. I'm fine. So we create this cycle of you know, during childhood maybe or throughout our teens or throughout our career, we got this great job because we were perfect. It was a great coping strategy, a perfect survival skill, literally. And now it's not serving us because we need help. We need to present as unwell, but we can't. Or nobody knows how to recognize that. It could seem alarming, if you asked for help when everything has always been managed. In addition to that, it opens up this whole other dialogue of who is this person? Judgment, right? They don't know that version of me. What does that say about me if I ask for help? Well, it says you're human. It says that you can't always be perfect. It creates vulnerability. I don't know how many times I've heard someone say, you know, I present this way. 
I present as holding it all together. I'm afraid to present as anything else because it's never been that way. People won't even recognize me. And I think, what's the harm in, 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 you know, in having someone not recognize you? Well, they won't know what to do. I'll look like I don't have it all together. But you don't. And that vulnerability might make you look more human, might make you seem more human. That person may be able to connect to that and say, wow, I never knew that. I'm so sorry I never checked in. I thought you were fine. What can I do? It can grow relationships. It can shift relationships. I know for so many people who are in high power jobs, they're like, oh, I have to, you know, I have to present a certain way. It's, it's, it's my job. And I say, but do you think that your, you know, your employees would not resonate with somebody who, you know, is vulnerable, is open? And I'm saying there is a boundary there. Obviously, we don't share everything that we're experiencing, but sometimes there can be vulnerability in good places. And I think that's also, you know, speaks to the the social media context, right? Everybody's saying we have all these beautiful Instagram grids that are just showing this life that we would love to live. And I think that it's really important to say it's a highlight reel. Do we want to present the hard times? Is that something that we want to share? We don't have to. We don't owe it to anybody to share how hard life can be sometimes. Maybe Our Instagram feed is our self-care. Maybe that allows us to feel safe. Maybe it's our safe place. Maybe we love that. Maybe that's our self-care. We don't owe that to other people. But as individuals receiving that information, we have to remember that nobody's perfect. And that might just be their self-care. And that behind the pictures and behind the screen, there's probably a lot going on that we just don't know about. And nobody is operating at the best of their ability all of the time. It's a highlight reel. Where else it fails us is when we become pregnant or we're trying to become pregnant. We experience a loss. When we, be, when we have a child and we become a parent through fertility and life courses, anything that's really something that we're not able to control. Children is one of them. (laughs) Babies. We can't control them. Life hitting you with, you know, a job loss, a recession, a pandemic, where we say, oh my goodness, I can't control all of these things. So obviously you see a theme here. Lack of control increases perfectionist tendencies where we're like, okay, let me grab all the things that I can control. Let me really work to gain back that sense of control that I've lost. And then we realize that we can't necessarily do that. We might spiral a bit. We try. And then we burn out because we can't. We can't maintain this level of perfection all of the time. And then that's when our mental health is poor. (laughs) And we say, well, how can I survive this? And then your therapist says, who's your support system? Can you reach out for help? And you say, I don't want to reach out for help because I'm afraid. I'm afraid to share that I'm not okay because I've always been in control. That is my 
persona. And so that's where we see these really amplifying our, you know, our mental health, our distress, our anxiety, our depression, because we can't reach out for help because what does it say about us? But nobody's offering help because we always present as fine and there's no wiggle room in between. More often than not, I meet women who have been trying to be so perfect that they are burnt out. (laughs) They spend hours researching fertility supplements, preparing for baby coming, baby-led weaning techniques, trying to excel in their careers so they have no work-life balance. They're also reviewing everybody else's work so that they can make sure that they're presenting as perfect to their superiors because what does it say about them? Maybe they're taking on more than they can because they want to ensure that they are doing their best and presenting their best. Some women are obsessed over sleep schedules and sleep hygiene, developing the best routines, having everything color-coordinated and stamped with their children's name on those things. They're sending in goodies to school with individual names and prepackaged tags. And let me tell you, if that brings you joy, do it. But if you're crying as you're doing it, that's not bringing you joy. We stretch ourselves thin to present a certain thing for other people, to present this perfectionist life to other people. And if it's not serving you, if it's not a hobby or self-care, or if it feels like it's creating conflict within you and internal turmoil and burnout, it is not serving you in the way it should. It is no longer a positive coping strategy. It is a negative one. It's important to feel prepared if being unprepared makes you anxious. And I think a lot of people say, well, I am half everything perfect because I'm, you know, it's part of my self-care. But the key part to that, the key important message is flexibility. And we talk about boundaries in other podcasts, so you need to listen to that if you have no flexibility with your boundaries and you're unwavering in these kind of strict, rigid guidelines as to what your expectations are. But if your expectations are too high, if they're unrealistic for the current circumstances you are in, it can lead to burnout and disappointment. Trying to compensate for this lack of control and to continue to operate at an optimal level despite life changes or life circumstances, it doesn't work. Therefore, if you had once used this as a positive coping strategy and trait for, say, anxiety, it has now become the source of anxiety. It's become the problem. (laughs) So it's no longer serving you. And I really want to articulate that this is so contextual, right? It doesn't mean that it's not going to serve you in other areas. And that's why we don't strip away these tendencies. We don't say, okay, this coping strategy is not healthy. We're getting rid of it. Bye-bye. We're saying in this moment, in this context, in these circumstances in which you're living, this strategy is not working. It's actually causing more harm than help. So let's like dim the noise a bit. Let's calm down the trait. Let's lower the intensity. Let's turn the volume down on the perfectionism. 
because it's not serving you. So one of the first things I like to try to navigate with my clients when we're talking about perfectionism or we're talking about this anxiety created by being unable to kind of turn the volume down is their expectations. What is the expectation you hold for yourself? And that could be as a career, entrepreneur, mother, sister, friend, daughter, all of the things. What expectation do you have for yourself? What's your expectation of others? Are you, are you expecting them to be at the same level for you or do you give them grace? Because more often than not, we give our friends and our family and our people and our everybody grace, but we don't give it to ourselves. And then I ask, what's your perception of yourself? And what is your perception of the role in which you are judging right now? What the role that you are in? So for instance, what's your perception of a mother? And how does that relate to your perception of yourself? What's your perception of a boss? And how does that relate to your perception of yourself? Are you being too hard on yourself? (laughs) Is your expectations unrealistic for the role that you're in, in the given circumstances you are in right now? More often than not, I'm going to say it, social media has a role in perception and this unrealistic belief that everyone else has figured it out and for some reason you have not. You have this idea that you are falling apart and others are keeping it together and making it look easy. It's so hard because, again, the highlight reel, but it's important to know that people don't always display their chaos. And I'm not saying they have to, but we want to really hone in on how those expectations of ourselves and perceptions are impacted by what other people are doing. I want you to know you are not alone in this. I know firsthand that there's people that present themselves as a way and they talk about how hard it is to be honest and real because they don't want to change that perception. But at the same time, it's unrealistic. And I think it's really great to be transparent. Hey, this is a highlight reel. Like we struggle when when we struggle, but we don't always have to air it all out. And that's fair because if it's not healthy for you, you shouldn't have to do it. But we always try to remind ourselves in this process that we often try to present ourselves by putting our best selves forward. And I want you to feel that you're not alone in this when you think that you're the only one having a hard time, that you're the only one that might be struggling with dropping a ball or two, that you're not the only one that wants to be perfect you know, that wants to give the perfect birthday party for your child, that wants to have the perfect life with the perfect backyard, with the perfect car, with the perfect everything. You're not the only one that wants that. And you're not the only one that's human and can't be perfect in all areas of life. We need to start to notice 
when we're having those strong desires to be perfect, we have to start to notice what the root cause is for that perfection. What is causing you to feel a lack of control, tightening the reins to create the desire to perfect? Why is that coping strategy coming forward? What is causing it to be at the forefront of your mind? Hey, I got to take back control. I got to be perfect. And if I can't, I'm going to find other things to do to create that sense of perfection. So I'm going to hone in on all of these things if I can't quite solve that. So I'm talking about maybe, for instance, having a colic baby. Let's use that example. So when you have a colic baby, everything is out of control. Really, it feels like you didn't sign up for this. This is not what your friends experience. This is definitely not what you thought you'd experience. If you're a first-time mom, you think it's your fault all the time. You're probably navigating the internet more often than not, going to the doctor and saying, what's wrong, what's wrong? But instead of trying to gain control in that area because you can't, you're gaining control in other areas. So maybe you're researching a million different things that would help a colic baby, investing so much time into, you know, navigating supplements or like herbal remedies, or you're looking at sleep training consistently, or maybe the foods that they eat. You're trying to build control in other areas to gain back control of this situation. And if you don't, there's all these feelings of like, am I a good enough mom? Did I make the wrong choice? Is this baby going to be okay? Am I doing something wrong? What am I doing wrong? And you're picking at all of these different things and you're making it about you being maybe not enough. And it's this reminder of like, I'm not the perfect mom. I can't be the perfect mom. Am I even meant to be a mom? So you really hyper-focus on all of the other things that you can control and perfect them. And the problem with that is nothing's ever perfect and you burn out because you've got all these different opinions and different, you're staying in up until three in the morning, just trying to research how to make this baby better and how to perfect that. And the continued need to be the perfect mom and parent and person and human and sister and, and partner and all of those things weighs on you. Because until this baby is not colic, you can't be perfect. And that's the kind of heaviness that we carry. So I tease in and I say, what is really the root cause here? And it's the inability to control another human being. (laughs) And how that feels horrible. Because you can't gain that control. And it's ruining your life in the moment because you're not sleeping, because your baby's screaming all the time. You're burnt out. And then you're not sleeping even more because you're researching all the time. So we really start to peel back the layers of like, why is this trait so strong right now? Why does it feel positive and negative? Why is it taking up so much space? Perhaps even just noticing this and saying, okay, this is out of my control. I can't change 
the circumstances. But am I being a barrier and not a blaming way, just in a self-reflective, self-awareness way? Am I being the barrier to receiving some support to help me through this moment, this season? Maybe you're going through some health-related issues at work and you've created this space where you're the best employee. You're the perfect employee. You don't want to tell your boss that, hey, you giving me those extra two projects because someone just quit now is keeping me up till 9, 10, 11, 1 in the morning. And I'm struggling because I have, you know, consistent irritable bowel. I don't know. I have heartburn that's keeping me up all night. I'm pregnant in the first trimester, vomiting all the time, and I don't want to ask for help. I can't tell you that I need help because that perception of me that you have, that I've cultivated, created, maintained, will be destroyed. I've got it together. I'm the best employee. My numbers are so high. I'm going to get that promotion. But I'm struggling so much that I can't sleep at night. And if I just told you where I'm at right now, maybe I would get some help. So I'm saying it's not in a blaming way. I'm saying it's a barrier. And it's not blaming because it's a core belief. It's a trait that you have used as a coping strategy and a survival skill and a method to getting where you want and has served you well. You are doing great in whatever you're doing. (laughs) But now... It's failing us because we can't go against it because it would create a different perception of who we are for ourselves and for others. And so therefore we become the barrier. So I say to my clients, are we at the point where it's like our breaking point, where we actually have to communicate. We got to go against that perception and we got to say, I know I've been perceived as holding it all together, but I need help. Maybe from your partner, maybe from your boss, maybe from your friends, maybe from your family. First of all, it's a great self-exploration activity. It would open up the opportunity for others to receive you and to learn how to support you or to talk about being vulnerable, but it also would allow you the space to start learning how to ask for help. Maybe to be able to take some stuff off your plate in order to do more, to fill your cup. We have to take that internal moment to check in with ourselves and determine if we are the barrier to our own self-care. Are we putting up roadblocks to our own healthy well-being because we are afraid of relinquishing control, of not being viewed as perfect, of dropping a ball? Why? Why are we afraid of that? This goes back to our expectations and our perceptions. Are our expectations too high? I think that it's great to have goals. It's great to want to be the best employee. It's great to want to be a great mom. And I argue being human and not perfect 
is probably being an even better mom than someone who's strung out and burnt out and just making everything seem perfect. And same with employees, right? You'll be a better employee if you're filling your cup in the off hours. If you're supported by a great team, it makes you want to stay in the company. It makes you want to do it for the long haul. It makes you want to give everything you can to that company or to that job and and to be interested. But if you're burnt out, you have nothing left to give. So why do you have these high expectations and what perception do you have of that role that you're in? And is it healthy? Does it have to be readjusted? And we could go even further, and this is what I like to do in sessions as we get further on. Why? Why? I always want to know why. And I know some people hate to go digging in their past, but this is where we get some of the answers. Did our parents tell us that grades were absolutely everything and then therefore we had to go get the best grades in the entire world? And I am not blaming parents. I'm saying this is just something that maybe got said and then it internalized and we took it and ran. And then we had throughout the years, these core beliefs being reinforced because every time we got a good grade, we felt good. We got a sticker or we got taken out for dinner and we graduated and then we got gifts and money. And we are reinforcing all of these core beliefs along the way. And what I like to do is start peeling back the layers in therapy to say, what areas and people and things and moments in your life trajectory reinforced this core belief, this personality trait to get you to now? And as we have more insight and answers into how we got here and why, we understand ourselves better and we feel less triggered and self-blaming because we're like, oh, this all makes sense, but this takes time. There's so much internal work that comes into play with all of these things, with core beliefs, with personality traits. And so we have to start looking inwards when it's no longer serving us and ask these questions. Why do I think this way? What core beliefs about myself and others are being activated when I'm engaging in these thoughts and behaviors? What is my perception of self? How does it feel when I'm demonstrating a differing perception than I'd than I'd like? Am I being too judgmental? What is my judgment of myself? And above all else, this is my favorite one because everybody knows and laughs as I say it and they shake, nod their head and they shake their own head at themselves. If a friend was telling you this, what would you say? Sure, if a friend was like, I'm trying to be perfect in all aspects of my life and I can't juggle all of these balls and I'm actually falling apart and I just can't seem to ask for help because that would create a different perception than I want to display and then that would create judgment and then I'd be really hard on myself and what would that say about me? Who am I anyways? And that friend would say, oh, let's have a glass of wine and talk about it because I literally had these thoughts yesterday. You don't have to be perfect. You are doing an amazing job. The best thing you can be is the best of yourself. And if you're putting too much pressure on yourself, you 
will not have anything left to give to others. So please be kinder to yourself. Give yourself grace. You're amazing. Those are the things your friends would say to you. So why don't you say that to yourself? And if you can't find friends that say it to you, maybe you go to a therapist. (laughs) Find a good therapist who is well-versed in all these things that can open up the space to validate these feelings, to notice, to acknowledge, to point out all of these amazing things you're doing in traits, and to also recognize when you're being too hard on yourself so that you too can start doing the same. This is what we would focus on in therapy when we're talking about perfectionism. There's so much more to this topic and so much more work to be done in terms of core beliefs and personality traits and how it's reinforced by all of these different things. But just know that you're not alone in this and know that you don't have to be perfect because that's what makes you human and that's what makes us unique. And there's some areas where you can be perfect and you are perfect, but you can't be perfect in every area. So I want to thank you for joining me today on this podcast. I hope that you gain some insight about perfectionism, maybe feel less alone, and can start utilizing some of these different tools and suggestions throughout the way of this podcast to start to navigate why you're experiencing these feelings of perfectionism and when it's positive and when it's negative, and start honing in on all of the underlying layers beneath the perfectionism. Thank you so much for listening. And in case someone hasn't already told you today, you are amazingly imperfect. Take care.